This is On The Radar coming at you with the 2022 MLB preview. And usually I record a long-winded AL and NL preview. But I'm going to give you short little intervals of each division so it's easier to digest. And right now when it comes to who's on the roster and everything like that, that's an issue because because of the shortened off uh, off season slash you know spring training they're making the rosters very small right now and that's a problem they're making them excuse me 28 players instead of the 26 they added a couple years ago so any guys I predict to be on the roster that are then are no longer on the roster guys who aren't on the roster when they make opening day but eventually they are on opening day that's an issue now the American League Central is this podcast. You'll be able to get each every podcast wherever you get your podcast. And my written preview is on the radarmedia.com or blogger radar4428. And as always, on the radar entertainment blog when it comes to everything. And also at, uh, on the radar YouTube channel where you can go ahead and watch my weekly baseball observations of the offseason along with watching my. During the regular season, when I read all the box scores, and I also and I also do all the um, regular season stuff. But yeah, so tw- so 28 players on a roster. Now the White Sox. The White Sox are the most talented team in the American League Central, having made the playoffs the last two years. And just on the overall roster, you look at the starting rotation, the top guys, the top relievers in the bullpen, and their position players, and you're like, okay, that's the best team in this division. I know everybody's going to say pitching what matters, and yes, it really does, but some teams have offense that can overcome them, like the Yankees, the Red Sox, the Dodgers sometimes. Those are teams that their offenses can do it. So 26 players originally, but it's going to be 28. In general, teams are only allowed to have 13 players, but... At the beginning of the season, you'll be able to have as many as you want, things like that. So that is sort of the the new roster requirement. So the White Sox, they still have Aloy Jimenez in left field, who had a great year a few years ago, and then this year and last year, a little bit underwhelming. Robert missed some time as well. With the two of them healthy offensively, Tim Anderson and Yohan Makata doesn't have to carry the load offensively because Robert and Aloy will be healthy. And the Sox won't be simply batting him second or third, move him a little further down in the lineup with Jose Abreu. And then the combination of Gavin Sheets and Andrew Vaughn splitting time in DH and never seeing the outfield. And Yasmani Grandal as a switch hitter, a catcher. The Sox don't have a lot of left-handed pitchers. Right there and then, the Sox have one of the best lineups in all of baseball. They really do there. And then you're like, well, what am I going to get from right field and what am I going to get from second base, which is the issue of the White Sox. That was the weakest position they had last year. Well, they went on and signed Josh Harrison. And I like Josh Harrison. When he's on the Pirates, he's a very good player who was very versatile. But in the last, like, three to five seasons, he's bounced from team to team, minor league deal to major league deal, back up to starting. And so it's not like he's at the best situation. And, you know, at this point, when you bounce around from team to team and you're in your mid, you know, mid-30s you know, mid at age 34, that's where he's approaching – he, his game is versatility and maybe getting on base, but is not the greatest option. And Leora Garcia, the super sub, is a super sub. He's the type of guy you want on a roster where, where you have a backup outfielder, backup infielder. He's great. Danny Mendick, 
great utility player. Ramani Gonzalez, he's a young player, but the thing is, he's more of a utility player. So we got all these utility players right here. That's the issue. So second base is a little bit of a question mark. And right field, you're like, well, we're going to play Adam Engel. Problem is, he didn't stay healthy last year. And Vaughn and Sheets are not outfielders. So they went out and acquired Adam Halsey from the Phillies off waivers. He doesn't make the team. Aldolfo, Basabe, and Cespedes, through three young Hispanic players we have in the system, they weren't even tabbed to be the starting right fielders, nor was Blake Rutherford. So the White Sox go out and trade for A.J. Pollock. And A.J. Pollock, I like the guy. He was a really good center fielder, all-around player with the Diamondbacks, not a power hitter, not a leadoff hitter, but all-around guy. And then the Dodgers signed him to a long deal to play in center field. Then they moved him to the left. He has six career games in right field. The problem with that is having six career games in right field, I don't know if the arm's going to translate. His arm was okay as a center fielder and above average when you play left field. So if Adam Engel is healthy or Adolfo or Basabe, and like those between those three guys, you know, until Cespedes is ready, are the backup outfielders, and you occasionally play Leora Garcia in right field, maybe you move AJ Pollock to left field in the late innings to take a loy out. That's going to be good. The lineup just gets better because AJ Pollock is still a productive offensive player. It's going to be about the defensive ability, but with all those the uh, that make the 26 man and 28 roster, the lineup's going to be good. If second base though, if Gonzalez and Garcia and Mendick and Harrison are what you can have at second base because Garcia played too many games last year. He's more utility guy. That's the position players. Pitching staff-wise, the Sox, on paper, have Lance Lynn, who could have won a Cy Young last year, Lucas Cialito, who won a Cy Young before, and we could have also had Dallas Keiko, who in 2020 had a great regular season, didn't even nominate it for the Cy Young Award, and it even imploded since that postseason game, and last year wasn't that great. So... Those guys who have won it before, and Dylan Cease just keeps getting better and better. He was also part of that lower trade. The, him as a three with Giolito as a two and Lance Lynn, we don't really have a real, real ace, but we have two really good twos in Lance Lynn, even though now he has surgery. He's going to be missing a month or so of the season, but most of the season, you've got Lance Lynn, Lucas Giolito, and Dylan Cease, and you're asking Keiko to be the fifth guy, and now you're having Michael Kopak, who missed time with Tommy John surgery, opted out of the pandemic season, was a reliever. His ability with the other three guys, top four ability in this division. Now, if it's Keiko, Ronaldo Lopez, Jimmy Lambert potentially, and Jonathan Seaver who's missing time, you're like, eh, not really that much. They go out and get Vincent Velasquez. And I personally saw him pitch a game where he got like nobody out. Top roster with the Astros and the Phillies. Had some good years with the Phillies, and then they just said goodbye to him. I don't know if Ethan Katz can save this guy, but... If you're asking to be one of the guys who could be the fifth starter or fourth starter this year, you know what? It's not bad. He's in the mix for starting pitching. And the top of the bullpen, we got Liam Hendricks. You spent all your money on Kendall Graveman and Joe Kelly. And at least with Joe Kelly, he's been a reliever long enough with the Dodgers and the Red Sox after being a starting pitcher more than Kendall Graveman, who only a few years back was a starting pitcher trying to get from team to team and stay healthy after Tommy John, the Cubs, the Giants, all these other teams that had picked them up and everything. And he was an okay starter with the A's and the Giants as a back-end dude. At this point, last year was his first full-season reliever. And the Mariners, they struck gold. He was so good. Then the team traded him, and they got so upset. And they had an uprising in the clubhouse when they traded him to division rival Astros. And, yes, he's also had injury concerns like Joe Kelly. But the two of them in setup roles, which is what Kimbrell was not, 
and you had Garrett Crochet, and you have Aaron Bummer, and you potentially, you know, you got a few guys that can come up in the minor leagues, like Foster and Burr and all these other guys. You're like, okay, cool. Then the White Sox took a blow with Crochet injuring himself this spring training and timing Tommy John, at least at the start of this season, because then he'll come back next year. And now with Kimber, like, well, we're down two guys. And you're actually down three with Kopech moving the rotation. But it's still top three. Hendricks, Kendall, Graveman, Joe Kelly, and Aaron Bummer. Those are not a bad top four. The Sox could always trade for a fifth starter at the deadline, or they can always trade for another relief pitcher. The other thing is, Zach Collins never lived out of his offensive potential. Not a great fielder. For all the fact the Sox need left-handed pitching, and they, I mean hitting, and they had spots at DH over the years. Never lived up to it. Zebby Zavala, he's an okay backup, not the world's greatest. And in, in the Sox decided to, the only move they made in spring training besides signing Dwight Smith Jr. and Patrick Keevelin and 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 uh, this Mark Payton due to, like, you know, minor league deals for the outfield and signing, and signing, they signed Nick Safino to a minor league deal. That dude barely played Major League Baseball for the Orioles, so he wasn't going to beat out Zach, Zach Collins or Zevi Savala. And the Sox could have signed God knows how many relief pitchers that were out there. I mean, excuse me, backup catchers. Cisco wins, Grayson Griner, Jonathan Hicks, Jan Gomes. Do you have to sign guys to Major League deal? Plenty of backup catchers. Like the Orioles had a bunch of them in camp. Like at least six, seven teams I know to sign at least one or two backup catchers to minor league deal just in case you need them. And it comes to starting pitching, I've said I'm not happy with the Vince Velasquez signing because the only other guys you brought in were like Wes Benjamin, Brandon Finnegan has been healthy in years. So it's just the Sox didn't do what other teams did, stockpile a minor league deal. The only, the only thing they stockpiled on minor league deals was outfielders, as I mentioned. Peyton Smith and Keevelin. Like, ooh, that's great. And I also forgot to mention they signed a minor league deal. They brought back Kyle Crick. So maybe he could fill that crochet role just as a reliever and as a lefty. That would be cool. But it's the White Sox division to lose based on all the talent they have. The Twins, after not being good last year and trading away a lot of their players, they went out and said, we're going to be better. We're going to try to compete. And you're like, okay, cool. But the question will be, with every team in this division, including even the White Sox, who in the world is going to be the pitching staff? They traded away Barrios last year. They traded for Sonny Gray. They brought in Chris Archer, who has been healthy or good in years. And Dylan Bundy, who's been okay. That is where you're just like, okay, cool. That's an okay rotation. And you're just like, that's fine. But that doesn't scream playoff rotation. You know, Dylan Bundy on the White Sox, that helps them out. Sonny Gray on the White Sox, that helps them out. And even Chris Archer, the fifth starter, that is where you're just like, okay, cool. That's, that's what you want to do. And that's the problem with them. They think that's their pitching. That is really not going to help them when it comes to winning, okay? Bullpen. Their bullpen has this Rodgers dude, and it's just, you know, he's okay. He's not, like, the world's greatest relief pitcher. They brought in Joe Smith, who gets all this money every year with the ability of the left-handed pitcher, and that, okay, cool, but he never stays healthy. And you're just like, what is going on here? Hori Alcacal, Danny Columbe, 
They have Tyler Duffy, a former starting pitcher, in their bullpen. And they got Juan Manaya from the White Sox, who hasn't been great. And then you got guys like Caleb Thebar. Most people never even heard of this guy. And you're just like, okay, cool. The, the rotation takes a hit with Kenta Maeda being out for pretty much the whole entire year. And Randy Dobnik starting the year in the DL. That's where you're just like, great. So the pitching staff doesn't scream great because, no offense to Bundy and Sonny Gray, they're not aces right now for a playoff team. Catching-wise, they opened the season with Jeffers and Revro at the end of the season in the spring training, and Mitch Garver had a bunch of home runs a few years ago. Twins decided, you know what, we're going to trade Mitch Garver to the Rangers because we refuse to have Jorge Polanco play shortstop. It's not like he's a bad defensive player like Simeon, you know, with the A's was. The only thing criminalized on his, his resume is he got bust for PEDs. He's a great hitter. They move him to second base, and they have Arise, who's a second baseman, a very small guy, get at bats at first base, DH, third base, and left field, putting him out of his position just to move Polanco over to second base. So I was like, well, okay, anything possible not to have Polanco play shortstop. I'm like, cool, let's try Nick Gordon in house. Nah, let's trade for Isaiah Kanafalefa. Hard to say that a bunch of times. The Hawaiian catcher, super utility guy from the Rangers, who won a gold glove at third base and played shortstop last year for the Rangers. They're like, cool, let's get this guy. Okay, goodbye, Mitch Garver. We have some catchers, you know, Jeffers and Rovit. We're good. Then they said, you know what? We don't want Isaiah Kanafalefa. We're going to trade Ben Rovert and Josh Donaldson. And some other guys all the way to the and as Anaconda left it to the to the Yankees and we're gonna get rid of Josh Donaldson's huge contract and we're gonna Giovanni Urshela, a guy who the Yankees have played a shortstop because they don't want to play their own shortstop there and they're like okay so rotating decks on the on the Titanic of going no Polanco or Gordon at shortstop but we don't want IKF but we want Urshela. I'm like okay but at least if Urshela plays shortstop our eyes could play third base and the Twins get Gary Sanchez. So they traded two catchers to eventually get Sanchez, who people are down on. But he's one of the better offensive catchers. I think he's still a good enough catcher, and he's a middle-of-the-order hitter. So he's way better than Mitch Garver, so they improved on that. So that money they saved on Josh Donaldson, they go out inside Carlos Correa to play shortstop. And they spend a lot of money, but he can always opt out. And I'm like, okay, good. Gary Sanchez, Giovanni Urshela, Luis Arise, Carlos Correa, Miguel Sano, Max Kepler, and Buxton. That's not a bad team. I just don't know if Sano's going to play first base or DH because you need to give a rise at bats. And, and Gary Sanchez can get some bats at DH. And the outfield, Killerov, it's still his job to lose in left field, but he didn't stay healthy. You got Brent Rooker and Kyle Garlick. These are guys that, you know, don't scream great in left field because the Twins still have a hole in left field, but I feel like a rise is going to get some at bats in left field. And that's the thing. The Twins... I'll always have the sluggers. Like when every guy hit 20 home runs, every single player had like great numbers and they're just great. This great team leading the league in home runs. And you're just like, okay, cool. They're going to slug their way. But they really can't slug their way when their minor league deals are Jacob Faria, Chichi Gonzalez, Daniel Gossett, Trevor McGill, Smeltzer, Wamanaya, and Ian Hamilton as pitchers to what they already have, which isn't that great. And that Minor league camp, because I said they're looking for a shortstop. Daniel Robinson, the super utility guy, and Tim Beckham, the former Rays infielder, got bust for PED. And then again, Jake Cave, Derek Fisher, I would rather have them as the backup outfielders than making Rooker and Arise the backups. But again, 
Twins think that offense is going to win them games, so cool. Let's have Correa and Sanchez, Sano, Buxton, and Kepler be the big-time offensive players in our lineup. Okay, cool. It's not going to win you anything. You're just going to be the second-best team in this division because that's just really not going to help you going forward in any way. Now, the, the Royals, I think they're the third-best team because... They, may, they have probably the best set of position players in the division from top to bottom. When you can have Mundesai, Nicky Lopez, Whit Merrifield, Hunter Dozier, the fact that their top prospect, Bobby Wood Jr., make the team, O'Hearn's power game, Carlos Santana, the, probably one of the best catchers is Sal Perez, and then you look at the outfield where Whit Merrifield and Hunter Dozier can get some at-bats, which you really don't want defensively, but then you've got Michael A. Taylor and Andrew Benatendi who both won gold gloves. I feel like this year Benatendi will probably rebound to the offensive numbers that he used to have before. And he could be a good, productive two-way player and not just a one-way player. And that is where, like, okay, cool, they got really good position players. Question will always be, can they pitch? Because, again, great position players and great guys even to back up. But... What is the pitching? Like Jacoby Jones on a minor league deal, again, that guy will see some some at-bats there as well. You're looking at this as, cool, Zach Grinke has a homecoming, it's not his retirement. You're like, okay, cool. He's going to be the ace of this rotation because Bubik and Singer are up, all young up-and-coming pitchers. Cool, young up-and-coming pitchers. Brad Keller is the most boring average fifth starter you can get in your life. And signing Brad Peacock to a minor league deal has been the most healthy and Rosas Gaino reliever doesn't do that much for you when your bullpen is Amir Garrett, who's never been a closer. The likes, the likes of Stallman and Barlow, Brents, these are just random relief pitchers, middle leaders nobody ever heard of. And Joel Pompeius came from somewhere else. So I'm just looking at this like, okay, if even if Singer and Bubik pitched up to their potential and Grinky is a stabilizing force, their bullpen is junk. Amir Garrison never been a closer. And I'm sorry to Mike Matheny, but you, you were lucky with the Cardinals had this great system. There's not a great system with... The Kansas City Royals team. It's relying on two young guys and Zach Rinke and pretty much a non-factor bullpen. You're not going to win games because you have this amazing set of position players because you right now, with Bobby Witt Jr. making the team and playing third base, and of course puts Dozier and Whit Merrifield into outfield DH role, but that takes away from the slugging of Santana and, and O'Hearn. It's the only reason to have these guys in the roster. The Tigers... They have a little bit better of a pitching staff that you can actually rely on because they went and got Rodriguez, who is younger than Zach Grinke, but again, battled injuries, had heart problems with COVID-19, and he's definitely the guy that, if he's healthy, he's really good, but they also have, they're also relying on more young up potential pitching in Casey Mize. Matt Manning, Therese Scoobo, and Spencer Turnbull. Turnbull's my age, so he's approaching 30, but still young talent in Casey Mize, Therese Scoobo, and Matt Manning. And they even said for added measure, Michael Pineda, you can you can sign up on our team that and minor league deals, they brought back the likes of Drew Hutchison and Chase Anderson, and you're just like, cool, let's bring these guys back because we're gonna need some guys like that. Because if, if there's if they need any innings eat Chase Anderson and Drew Hutchison and and Willie Peralta and Michael Pineda, even if they're not in the rotation, they can eat at the eat some innings up. That's where I'm just like, yeah, that's that's you know not the 
the greatest to rely on, but if you have the young pitching they have and you throw in Arado Rodriguez and Michael Pineda, that's not a bad potential rotation. It's just not the world's greatest. And their bullpen's relying on former Tigers all-star closer Joe Jimenez, who made the all-star team when they are bad. Guys who've just been sitting around like Soto and Jose Cicino and Kyle Funkhauser and Michael Fulmer. He fell from grace. He used to be this great starting pitcher for them. Then he never stayed healthy, and they missed opportunity to trade him. Then they're making him a multi-inning reliever. I, because they got these four young guys, and they got some veterans under contract, he's going to have to eat innings out of the bullpen. And Andrew Chafin is a good veteran pickup, but I seem like he's going to be flipped to the deadline because they're not a playoff team. They're an improving team. They all, they, they're, them, like the Royals, have good position players. Miguel Cabrera is riding to the sunset soon. We'll have both 3,000 and 500, so watch out for that. They have Jonathan Scope, who should be playing second base, but because they want to spend all this money on a long-term deal for Javi Baez to play shortstop, despite the fact that Willie Castro, a top prospect of theirs who they're trying to give opportunities to, Harold Castro, and Zach Short, and all these other guys on the roster who are infielders, and you're just like, wow, they got all these infielders who, who can all play shortstop. Why don't we play them there? Now nah, we got Baez. And then you got Heimer Candelario, who I always get his name wrong, Jamer Candelario, who... Oh, yeah, they got Ice Paredes, too. They got Candelario at third base. So I've always been saying, why don't you just move Candelario to first base so you can play Castro and these other guys at the infield so you can leave Scope at second base because Scope's not a first baseman. Well, I don't know how they're going to line up this year because they've, I've been told that Scope is moving to is not going to play first base. Castro's not going to play second base. Scope's going to go back to second base because Spencer Torkelson, he made the roster, and he's one of the... Top prospects in baseball, one of the best Tigers. Yeah, so that's going to be interesting, the thing, with his bat, how is it going to play. So if he's in the lineup with Cabrera and Scope and Baez and Candelario, you're not you're going to stop trying with the likes of of Castro. The outfield, Akil Badu had such a good year, you're going to have to play him every day. You spent three-year contract last year on Robbie Grossman, who's a switch hitter. You're going to spend money on him. And then you have Derek Hill, Victor Reyes, and then you also have the son of Mike Cameron, his son Daz Cameron. So that's the problem. When you have all of these guys on your roster, you have to give them at bats. So let's say Badu is in center or right. Victor Reyes or Hills in center and Grossman's in left again. Position, position players. They're really set on position players like the Royals. And then, I don't know what happened with Jake Rogers, like I did with Castro. Well, he was top prospect. They said he wasn't ready and they played him in the pandemic season, so they weren't sure last year. They said goodbye to Grayson Griner and Jonathan Hicks. They got Dustin Garneau who bounced around as a backup catcher. And Eric Haas, who because of injuries last year to the team and Rogers wasn't that great, he played so many games. His bat was on fire, literally, that they said, screw defense, even though we got like 7,000 outfielders, and threw Haas in left field for no reason. Like, Haas played left field. If you like him that much as a catcher, why is he in left field? Oh, you want to get his bat in line? You DH him. It's not, it's not rocket science. So they got Rodgers, who's probably a top prospect. Carno, who's a good veteran backup catcher. Haas, who they just liked, who used to be the Indians third through catcher. Then they go trade for Tucker Barnard, who won multiple gloves with Cincinnati. Tucker Barnhart's going to be everyday catcher, so it looks like Haas is going to be the backup. Only with the extended rosters, I could see Garneau or Jake Rogers actually being on the roster. But again, they're non-roster invitees. 
don't really like scream anything. And again, right, signing Lion Lavarnway when you have four catchers, they're a team that could definitely use them. But having Chase Anderson, Willie Peralta, and Drew Hutchinson and Michael Pineda to eat innings if there's no room in the rotation, that's not a bad move. You know, AJ Hinch has got something to build here. So that like the Tigers and the Royals got multitude of position players, some up and coming young pitchers, and a veteran here or there. Their bullpens, nothing to breathe about, nothing they sign. Then you get to the Indians. The Cleveland Indians, excuse me, are now the Cleveland Guardians. Doesn't matter who they are and what they're called, because every year they keep either letting talent leave by trading them or letting them go in free agency or not sign anybody. It started off when they had all these great pitchers in Kluber and Carrasco and whatnot, and they had Lindor and Carlos Santana and some and even some good outfielders. And now the latest move is Roberto Perez, their long-term catch, long-time catcher. They said goodbye to him. They said, okay, you're gone. Austin Hedges, who when he was in San Diego was a perfect backup, perfect catcher in a lineup that was stacked. This lineup is not stacked. So Austin Hedges is good as a defensive catcher behind the plate. Ninth hitter. When your roster is good, like let's say the Royals, the Tigers, in its own division or the Twins, you're just batting at the bottom of the lineup. The Indians aren't good, so you're going to want something a little bit better. Luke Malley is not going to solve that, and Sandy Leone opted out of his deal. And signing Bo, and having Bo Naylor in a minor league deal doesn't solve that issue. So catching is going to be a weak issue, and first base is a question mark, because if Bobby Bradley was the guy, when I saw Cleveland... Indian, Cleveland Guardians this year, but last year the Indians, when they played the White Sox in person, when I went and saw them actually in their own home ballpark, they'd rather play Yu Chang, Ernie Clement, and Owen Miller, super utilities who are natural born infielders at first base. When Josh Naylor got a gruesome injury last year playing the outfield when he's a third base by trade, I would modestly suggest put Josh Naylor at first base. See what happens. Maybe Bradley Bradley will start to hit because they've got a real competition and not utility guys. The outfield's an issue because they just keep losing talent. And every year, one guy's the everyday center fielder. One time it was Mercado with their everyday center fielder leadoff hitter. Another year it was Bradley Zimmer. Well, they go out and get Miles Straw from, from the Astros when they traded Phil Maton. Again, what you got is three center fielders who could probably be good fielders and, and they can run the bases, but guess what? They can't hit. And with Naylor not being a real outfielder, you're like, who's going to be in the corner spot? And Framo Reyes, the move to the American League from the Padres, he's never going back to the, infield, uh, to the outfield. So he's the DH. He and Jose Ramirez are the only two things in the lineup that are good. And you can just walk Jose Ramirez and you can strike out Ramirez, uh, Framo Reyes because he strikes out a lot. So the two of them are the only things that matter in this lineup. And they're probably teams are going to be looking to trade for them because the Blue Jays are trying to get Jose Ramirez this year. Now, third base, as I said, is Ramirez. First base, we know. No question. We got a question there. It's middle infield. I said you got those utility guys who were playing first base last year. And in the Lador trade, you got... Ahmed Rosario and Andres Jimenez. What does Andres Jimenez bring to the table? Great defense. So playing him at second base and playing Ahmed at shortstop, eh, doesn't really help you offensively. You know, I mean, it helps you offensively, but not defensively. You want Jimenez's best value is to be the shortstop and have great defense and make Rosario play second base. But last year, they played him in center field because they were trying to get some offense out of the center field spot, and he gave up. He had so many errors. So they've been trying him out in the corner spot. So if he's going to play left field and, and you're going to play straw and center, and Naylor in right field, okay, cool, Zimmer and Mercado are your backup outfielders. But if Jimenez is playing shortstop, who's playing second base? Oh, you Owen Miller, Clement, and Yu Chang? It's not really exciting, so that's what I'm saying. Their infield doesn't have anything exciting, 
as a two-way player. Great defense, no offense. Great offense, no defense. First base doesn't sound that exciting. The outfield doesn't sound exciting. And again, the catching doesn't. So the thing that the Cleveland Indians have that no other team has is their starting rotation. Shane Bieber, Savali, Plezak, Chris McKenzie, and Carl Quantrill. On paper, based on potential, great. Bieber's a great pitcher. Savali showed he could do it. Plezak has been okay. And Carl Quantrill, because of injuries last year, pitched well enough. And Tristan McKenzie pitched well and I'm just like, no offense to Shane Bieber, but, you know, who, who won the uh, Cy Young in 2020 when on the shortened season? If you and your fellow pitchers, please, X Valley haven't been most healthy. Please, X had some off the thing. You're really relying on your strength being the pitching staff when it wasn't healthy that much last year. And your bullpen, you got one young guy you developed in Emmanuel Classe. Whoop-de-doo. That doesn't really excite me. When the Indians were playoff teams all those years, and they had Kluber, Carrasco, Salazar, Tomlin, all these other guys, and even Trevor Bauer for a bit, you're like, that's a great dominating rotation. Their bullpen had Brad Hand and all, and Oliver Perez and Brian Shaw and Simmer and all these other dudes, and they were really good. Brian Shaw is back with them, but that's after a bunch of failures in other spots. And Anthony Goes is the former top Blue Jays outfield prospect who never became a good hitter, and he's bounced around as a pitcher. So the thing about this American League Central is the team with the most pitching talent, one through five, is Cleveland. But they're not going to win. Terry Francona, you battled through like leg injuries and heart problems last few years and you even managed most of last season. You're going to the Hall of Fame, Terry Francona, okay? Retire from managing and based on taking the Indians to the World Series in the playoffs most seasons, the Phillies to the playoffs with Curt Schilling, and winning the Red Sox multiple World Series, you're going to the Hall of Fame. Retire, man. This team's not going anywhere. Give the team over to Sandy Alomar Jr., who's been the coach on both staffs, him and Manny Acta, and move on. Because when your bullpen is eh, your rotation is your best thing and hasn't been the most healthy. And in minor league deals, you you signed Jake Jewell and Justin Garza and Ian Galbit and Daniel Johnson used to be your own is on a minor league deal. That's the problem. Indians' strength is pitch, starting pitching but hasn't been healthy. The Royals and the Tigers, like the Twins, and the White Sox have great p- potential with position players and offense. It's going to come down to pitching. But again, Cleveland, Detroit, Kansas City, and the Twins, their bullpens are junk. They didn't do anything to do it. Kansas City says, we got two up-and-coming pitchers and old man Grinky. Tigers go, we got four younger pitchers. Injury-prone Rodriguez and injury-prone Michael Pineda. Ooh, the Twins go, Sonny Gray, who's been down, had a down year or so. Bundy, who's been okay. Archer hasn't been great in years and a bunch of nobody. That doesn't scare anybody. But on paper, when everybody's healthy for the White Sox, which is used most of the time, Lance Lynn, Lucas Giolito, Dylan sees Michael Pin- uh, Michael Kopech, and you and some combination of Keiko, Lopez, and Velasquez with the potential of an upgrade at the deadline. And their bullpen actually has a real closer in Kay Kimbrell. Kendall Grayman, Joe Kelly, and Aaron Bummer is real setup man, even lost crochet. That Tony Ruiz and the White Sox, this is their division to lose. I didn't like the catch, the moves made a backup catcher until they traded for Reese McGuire, who's a left-handed hitter like Zach Collins, but is a much better defensive player. That's a good thing. Trading for AJ Pollock will help out the production offensively in right field, but I wonder about the defense. I'm not sure about Josh Harrison. So the Sox kind of fixed the backup catcher, second base, and right field a bit. Signed a few relievers because they knew they were going to lose some guys. And yeah, the pitching is their strength, the top of the rotation. So the American League Central is going to be the White Sox, okay? That's what it's going to be. Twins could be a second-place team, or the Tigers or Royals could be because they got the position players, but not the pitching. And the Indians are going to be in last place, so welcome to last place. I don't think the Tigers and Royals are ever going to be in last place with the way that the Cleveland Indi- uh, Guardians excuse me, are playing. 
Thank you for listening to the MLB predictions of the AL Central for the 2022 season. For On the Radar, I'm Radar. See you guys next time.